this morning. Last week, we, uh, I told you that we were going to start working our way through. O.S. Hawkins wrote a book called The Joshua Code, 52 verses every Christian should know. And you can get that, by the way, on Kindle for like two bucks. And if you do that, you'll know where we're going this year. It just so happens, 52 verses, 52 weeks, right? This, this works out. Now, I, I'll say, as I said last week, I'm going to reserve the right to add context <laughs> and, to, uh, and, and other verses um, to what Hawkins says, because we're going to dive into it, and we're going to do it in the, in the study methods that I showed you last week. The first one, the first study method, and you'll see if, if you have the, uh, the uh, handout, you'll see that it, it's written out this way. The first thing we do is after we read a passage of Scripture, we say, so what? So what does this say about God? So what does this say about me? And so what do I need to do now that I know this about God and about me? So it's a, way, it, it's a study tip to help you kind of work your way through, get more out of a passage. The second study tip that I gave last week that we're going to follow is, is taking the passage and breaking it down into phrases. For instance, this is our verse today, so we're going to break it down into, in the beginning, God created. We're going to break it down into phrases and turn those over a bit so that we get the most out of this. So the, 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 uh, the point here is, I want you to study this verse this week. I want you to turn this verse over in your head this week. As we, uh, at, at, after we, we talk about it this morning, hopefully it will stick in your head, and you'll turn it over and you'll get, and, and you'll hear from God in it in other ways. Not just what I have to say. God will speak to you about other things. He'll bring up other things from your life experience that will, that will speak to you through this verse. That's the hope. So, I don't get to say this very often, so turn to your Bibles, turn in your Bibles to page one. Well, it's one in my book. <laughs> Genesis 1, 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, let's look at this first with the so what's. So what does this say about God? What does this verse say about God? The first thing it says is that he pre-existed creation. This beginning isn't the beginning of God. It's the beginning of time. It's the beginning of the heavens and the earth. It's not the beginning of God. So this verse tells us right off the bat, God is and always was. Now notice that the Bible starts out this way. It's the first verse of the Bible the Bible does not try and prove the existence of God. It starts with a statement that God is and always was. It doesn't try and prove that God is. Now, we can see, because it can automatically connects to creation, we can see God in his creation. And the Bible goes on to tell us that. It tells us that in, in Romans, that we can see God in his creation. But, but I want you, again, to notice... The Bible doesn't try and prove God. The Bible says God is and always was. That's how it starts. 
So what does it say about God? It says that he is and always was. It doesn't try and prove the existence of God. It simply states he, do, he does. And it tells us that God is a creator. It tells us something about who God is. God is a creator. He created everything we know. Everything we see, everything we hear, everything we know. Everything. Now, context, you read on in the, in the creation story, and he does so by speaking it into existence. He speaks and it happens. He speaks and it comes. That says something about the power of God, doesn't it? That says something about the majesty and the holiness of God. How he is holy in, in the sense of fully set apart. Because you and I speak and nothing happens. <laughs> nothing. Parents, am I right? <laughs> God speaks and a world exists. He started time. He started the, 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 the earth, the heavens, the water, the land, animals, us, everything, by simply stating it, by simply saying, let it be. And it is. So that's, what, that's some of the things it says about God. What does it say about us? What does it say about you and I? First of all, it says, and this is important, that we are created beings. You know, I, I, let me take just a second here to talk about science. I don't want to get into this, the, the evolution argument and all that. I just want to say this about science. Science tries to explain the how of existence apart from God. What science can never do is give us a why. Science can never figure out why. They, they talk about how all this happened, how the earth happened, how we happened. We're, we're, the, uh, we're the, the product of, of primordial slime and chance and time, is what science would have you believe. But there's no why. It just is a how. The first verse of the Bible gives us a why. We are created because God created us. And so, since everything in God's creation has a meaning and a purpose, we have meaning and purpose. Again, context, read this story, or if you're familiar with this story, he creates the, the skies and then the birds. He creates the oceans and then the fish. He creates the land and then the animals. Everything has an order. Everything matters. Everything is, is in tune with each other. Everything has a purpose. Everything has a meaning. And everything is done in order. So you and I are not accidents. We are not the product of primordial slime and chance and time. We are created beings with meaning and purpose and we're here at this time in 2019 on purpose. Everything had a purpose in God's creation, and the timing was always perfect. So you and I are here on purpose with a purpose. You might have heard me say that before. We're here on purpose with a purpose in this time to show His image to the world. Again, context we're made in His image. We're made in the image of God. And so we, we have a purpose and a meaning to our lives that science can never explain. Science tries to explain the how, 
apart from God. It can never give a why. And without a why, what do we have? Useless existence. What's the point? All we are here for, if there's no why, if we're not a created being and, and there's no why to our existence, then what, what we do here is consume resources and die. That's it. We have a purpose and a meaning because we are created beings. We were created in the image of God. So what do I need to do now that I know this about God and about myself? Well, since I am a created being, I need to live like there is a creator. We, we have this, this uh, tendency as human beings to walk around like we're God. To walk around like we're the ones that matter. Like we decide right and wrong. Like we, we have made things happen and have created things and that is not who we are. We don't create anything. We use the materials that God has given us to build stuff. Churches, homes, businesses. But we don't create anything. The creator created all of it. The creator created us. And so I need to, one of the things I need to do, we need to do, is recognize the fact that we are a creation, not the creator. And live like it. We need to live like there is a creator, because there is. We also have to, to, uh, to live our lives with meaning and purpose. <clears throat> it's easy to get stuck in the, on the treadmill and just get up and go do that day and go back home and have dinner and go to bed and get up the next day to live a life that seems to have no meaning. But you were created on purpose with a purpose. So we need to live that purpose. That purpose is showing the image of God to the world. We need that purpose in order to live. We need that purpose in order for life to mean something. And so we need to live the purpose that God's given us. And we need to recognize the glory and power and majesty and holiness of God in his creation. Think of it this way. Would you go to your father's house and destroy the place while you were there? That's what we, we need to be thinking about that in our world. We do not destroy this world. It's not ours. It's our dad's. We need to live in it like it is. We need to recognize his majesty, his glory, his holiness in our creation. And we need to treat his creation with care because that's what we should do for our creator father. And perhaps most importantly, we need to recognize that every person we come across, every single person, human being we come across is a created being on purpose with a purpose. Everybody you meet is an eternal being created by God for this time. We need to, we need to recognize that everybody we meet is God's creation. And he or she was created on purpose with a purpose just like us. 
And so we need to reflect the image of God to them in every way we possibly can. So now let's kind of work our way through, the, through this verse phrase by phrase. It starts out with, in the beginning. Now I like to say that God's a, 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 a baseball fan. Because I'm a baseball fan. And he starts the Bible with, in the big inning. So, not, not good, huh? <laughs> I, do, I still say it. I don't care whether you laugh or not. Because I'm a baseball fan, so... But the, but the truth is, what this tells us, as I said already, is that God is and always was, because this isn't the beginning of God, this is the beginning of everything we know. So, it, it, so in the beginning tells us God pre-existed con, uh, creation, everything. Theologically, this word in Hebrew, the, the word for beginning, is used when there's an end. Now, here's what I mean by that. We... Uh, we talk about something like uh, a start, a new start. Now, when, if we say, I'm going to have a new start, we don't have an end to that, right? But this word is used in the sense of there is a start, but there's also an end. This world was never intended, never designed to be forever. It will end. There is an end, and it tells us that from the beginning, <laughs> that there is an end to this. And the rest of the Bible goes on to tell us the same thing, that th this world does not survive. What survives is people, the word of God, and the church, nothing else. So this theologically, again, this word says there's a beginning, but there's also an end. There's, there's something that this beginning is headed for. Now, Hawkins, in his book, The Joshua Code, he talks about this being the first four words, in the beginning, God, is a, a different worldview. And we, I kind of talked about this before with science. But in the beginning, God says that you believe that there is a God and that everything is created with purpose, on purpose, with a purpose. Now, that is a worldview. The rest of your life is lived according to that. All the decisions you make are lived or, or are made according to that worldview. If you have the science worldview, if you have the, the worldview that says there is no God, then and if you don't believe in the beginning God, the first four words of the Bible, if you don't believe those, then what you come down to, what life comes down to is a random thing under random forces where you live a purposeless existence and die. Now, it, it's not stated that way. <laughs> they don't put that in their brochure. But that's what it is, isn't it? If you, if you take the meaning and purpose out of our existence, out of the world's existence, then what are we here for? What's the point all we do is consume resources, replace ourselves with children, and die. That's the life that, that is apart from in the beginning God. So Hawkins is right. This is a worldview that every Christian, every believer must have, is that this is a created place, and I am a created being. 
with purpose and meaning for this existence. It's not an accident that I'm here at this time in history. It's not an accident that we're on this mountain at this time in history. It's not an accident that we're here today in this place. We have purpose and we have meaning. Now, the the next phrase is God created. Now, you'll see if you're a reader, you'll see some people, uh, the the word for God is Elohim. Now, Elohim is in the plural. And so people try and make a lot of that. It preaches really good, I'll be honest with you. It preaches really good to say that this is a, a trinity reference right in the beginning. But the truth is, it's not what it is. <laughs> it preaches really good. But Elohim is more normally used here. It's more normally used in the plural than it is the singular. Uh, an example in, in English would be deer or elk, right? That's actually the plural that we use in the singular. So it, it's kind of like that. And what it does point to What Elohim does point to is the the plain fact that Elohim, he's the God of gods. He's the Lord of lords. He's the king of kings. It's used in the plural often to show that he is the God of, of, of all things. For instance, creation. Think about the, uh, how folks thought in this time period. Uh, 2 Kings 5, Naaman comes to, to Israel to be, uh, to be healed from leprosy. And he's healed by Elijah. And then Elijah, he asks Elijah, Naaman asks Elijah, he's from Syria. He says, can I take two mule loads of dirt with me back to Syria so that I can worship the God that healed me? See, they thought gods had territory. They thought it was a, a God of a particular people and, and God of a particular territory. So Naaman, in order to to praise the God that healed him, wanted to take Israel dirt back to Syria so he could stand on Israel dirt and praise God. That was their thought process. Elohim says he's the God of everything. Even this first verse says he's the God of everything, the whole world, all people, all creation, not just a people, not just a place, but the God of all. So Elohim, in the plural, again, you will read that it's a, a, a reference to Trinity. It's really not. It's, uh, to be more honest, it's used this way to show us he's the God of gods. He's the God of everything. And then it says created. Theologians use a, a term called creatio ex nihilo. This is the, the, the Hebrew word for creation here is creation from nothing, from nothing. And I said earlier, we don't create anything. We use materials to build. God spoke from nothing to everything. God just spoke, and it happened. That's creation from nothing. That's creatio ex nihilo. And only God is ever used in the Bible as the noun for this verb. Only God creates Only Elohim, only Yahweh creates. God is a a creator. He creates, we build. And then the the next phrase, the heavens and the earth, this is kind of a way of of saying everything. We say stuff like this, A to Z, top to bottom. 
We use phrase, phrases to say everything. Some people like to try and parse this and say, well, the heavens is where the gods are and the, and the uh, earth is, is where people are. They like to parse between these things. That's, it's, just a, it's a Jewish idiom like we use A to Z or top to bottom, first to last. It says everything, everything. God created everything by speaking it into existence. Are you starting to get a, a feel for, for who this God is? This is amazing. This is power and majesty that we cannot wrap our minds around. He speaks and creation happens from nothing to everything. So this is what we get from the first verse of the Bible. The first verse tells us God is, always was. It doesn't even attempt to prove God's existence. It starts out with that presupposition. It starts out saying God is and always was. And when he decided the time was right, he created everything. It's, it, it tells us that God is a creator. The God that is and always was is a creator. That tells us something about who he is still today. He is a creator. David in, in, uh, in Psalm 51 says, Create in me a clean heart, O God. God is still a creator. God still creates new you. Think about verses like, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. In the life I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loves me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20 or 2 Corinthians 5.17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. The old things have passed away. Behold, the new has come. God is a creator and still creates. It tells us that God created everything we know, everything we see, by speaking it into existence. He speaks and it happens. From nothing to everything. It tells us that you and I are not an accident, that we're not the, the, the product of primordial slime and chance and time. We are created beings on purpose with a purpose. We need to live that purpose. We need to live the purpose of God for us. It tells us that every person we come in contact with is a created being by God. Every single person we come into contact with is created by God with a purpose, on purpose, just like you and I. We need to be reflecting the image of God to, to the world, to everyone we know. And the worldview set, up, set out in, in Genesis 1.1 says that there is a God and it matters. We are not just matter. We matter. You understand what I'm saying? That's what the first verse of the Bible gives us. So what's your worldview? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. Do you have this worldview? When I say, in the beginning God... Is that your worldview? 
Maybe this morning you're being, you're feeling a tug because your worldview has been, well, yeah, there is a God, but I don't want him to have a call on my life. See, if I'm, if I'm made on purpose with a purpose, then he has something to say about how I live, and I'm not comfortable with that. Maybe this morning you're realizing this God, the God that speaks things into existence, this God is your God. You can know this God through his Son, Jesus Christ. It's as simple as a prayer, and you can follow along in your own words and say, God, I I know that I have sin in my life. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I've done things wrong. And I know the Bible calls that sin. But I believe what we celebrated in the Lord's Supper. I believe that Jesus died on the cross for my sin, to pay my price. And so I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. And I ask you to make me a new creation this morning. If you prayed that prayer for the first time today, you need to let somebody know. Come and let me know. Let one of our deacons know. Maybe this morning you know Christ. But you, this, this reminder this morning, God's kind of tugging at your heart saying, you know, you've been living like your God. Why don't you let me be God? Will you take a moment right now to do just that? Father, we thank you for this first verse of the Bible. And so much that it, it tells us so much about who you are and about who we are. We thank you. Help us to keep this in mind all week. Help us to study this all week. To hear from you in this verse all week. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen. This is Pastor Jim from Porter Mountain Fellowship. I want to thank you for listening to our podcast. These are sermons from our 10.30 a.m. service on Sundays. If you're in the neighborhood, stop by. We're on the corner of Porter Mountain Road and Commerce Drive in beautiful Lakeside, Arizona.